0: sensing this is more than just a sermon series. This is kind of a prophetic word for us as a church. church. There's something about our unity together, online and in person. We want to ask the Lord to refresh and revive us so that we're ready for all that he has for us. do amazing things. I believe the Lord is going to do amazing things. Thank you. Wonderful to be together wherever we're gathered, wherever we're watching from. So here we are, September. Looks like summer has finally decided to turn up. How many are you glad about that? Let's, let's have a moment of prayer for a sunny September, eh? Uh, But September's just always, I think, is a fresh, new start feel. It's also, for your information, 33 years since Karen and I, a little bit younger than we are right now, together with our six-month-old daughter Emily, drove from Oxford to Peterborough to start what has become Kingsgate Community Church. So happy anniversary, happy birthday, Kingsgate. And why don't we just put our hands together to the Lord and to everybody who's been so faithful over so many years. Thank you, Jesus. But how you believe that the best is yet to come? We had a, an outstanding Leaders Refresh Retreat this weekend, and we had John and Ellie Mumford, who are kind of uh, overseeing the Vineyard Global. In other words, they, they know a lot about what God is doing, and they just came in, they blessed us. But also, John particularly said, talked about how our best days are yet to come. We're going to reach many more people for Jesus. you expecting about that? Our best days are not in our past, but in our future. But, you know, we've had a pretty crazy 18 months. Would you agree with that? It's been thoroughly disruptive in so many ways. We've all obviously been impacted in different ways. Some of you may have felt you've done relatively well. Some of you, it's been a devastating, a a turbulent time for you. And so I believe that this September is an opportunity for us to go back to the Lord and ask Him to just check, recheck out our vision. You see, how we see things. And how clearly we see things from God's perspective. You know it can affect every other area of our lives. I don't know how you're uh, doing in terms of your sense of vision sharpness and clarity for God's call on your life. Some of you may say, I'm super clear. Some of you may think, well, I was clear, but all that's happened, I'm not so sure right now. So what I want to do is I want to go back and look at this whole issue of what are we actually seeing? Now, you know that um, vision clarity has a big um, impact on us physically, too. Um, some of you may know for certain things I wear glasses, things like um, you know, TV and uh, reading, etc. And I noticed um, uh, over a, a number of months that there was something going on with my eyes. Um, the way I could tell was that um, when it came to watching television... I I was having to kind of do all kinds of kind of squinting maneuvers, even with glasses on, and it wasn't really helping, so I thought, okay, I'll start edging the sofa further and further forward. Now, this really irritates Karen. (laughs) Do you know why? Because it leaves different dents on the carpet. I mean, what's the big deal? Anyway, so I was trying to fix my eye problem by shifting (laughs) further and further forward, particularly on really important things like watching football to get supervision clarity, but it wasn't really sorting it. So I thought, OK, last resort, I'll go to the optician. And I got my eyes checked, and lo and behold, my vision had changed. <laughs> I think it was my long sight got better, my short sight had got worse. Anyway, I don't know what it was, my very focals were all over the place. And so I had to get four new p- pairs of glasses, two very focals, because I tend to lose them, two reading glasses, and I had to take out a second mortgage for the privilege. <laughs> if any of you know how much they try and charge you. It's all on a deal, and then you end up anyway. So, but what I tried to do, you see, and anyway, long story short, I got a new prescription. Now I can watch the telly back um, where it belongs, and Karen's happy. So, (laughs) praise the Lord. All is good. All is well with the world. Um, But what applies in the physical also applies in the spiritual. I believe it's really important that we recognize that in a way that maybe I wasn't fully aware at first some things in terms of our vision of life and even faith and our future may have got slightly out of alignment. We may have got some blurring of spiritual vision over these last 18 months, because it has been a weird and a disruptive time, hasn't it? And so I believe it's a time, not for us to, as it were, try and fix things like I did, not to try and kind of compensate, but we can do something. We can go back to the great spiritual optometrist himself, Jesus Christ, and ask him to clear our vision and to do, as it were, spiritual laser surgery. How many up for that? Ask the Lord, Lord, I want a really sharp vision for my own life. But also, in the context of this September season and this series, Together on Purpose, we're going to ask the Lord to, as it were, refocus our vision on why we are together here at Kingsgate Community Church on Purpose. And so in one sense, it's not like we've got loads of new things. There are some new things. But we're actually going to go back to what God has always called us to do, which for those of you who've been around in Kingsgate will know, is transforming lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. We're going to go back to, if you like, that long-term vision and check, are we still kind of living in the light of that? And in particular, we're going to go back to a New Testament passage, probably the most important um, passage on vision in the whole Bible, because it's Jesus' vision that he gave to his disciples as a legacy for the church of all time, which is Matthew chapter 28. And it's actually the basis for our Transforming Lives uh, mission and long-term vision. So let's go back to something that is timelessly true, because it's been true ever since Jesus delivered it. But I'm believing that this series will come with a fresh sense of timely prophetic now, and we're like, okay, yeah, we can see clearly again. So in case you don't know Matthew 20, end of Matthew 20, or as a reminder, just want to have a short scripture reading. So please watch this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So that's a timeless and timely vision for our lives. How many agree we can't improve on Jesus' vision and call for our lives? And at the heart of it, of course, is the call to go and make disciples. We'll uh, really begin to unpack that over the next couple of weeks. But today, I really want us to focus on, if you like, the context in which Jesus delivered the Great Commission. Hence, we started at verse 16, not at verse 19. So there's three things that we're going to focus on over these next three weeks. Uh, They're all related to Jesus. (laughs) We can't go far wrong if we're centering what we're about on the person of Jesus. So firstly, I believe God is calling us over these next months, in this next season, to come together to meet with Jesus. Secondly, to go together on mission with Jesus, and thirdly, to grow together in maturity with Jesus. I don't want you to say the whole thing, but just repeat after me. Come together, go together, and grow together. Well, today, let's focus briefly on this whole theme of the core: to come together to meet with Jesus. I want to focus on that word together. You know, the the pandemic, of course, one of the biggest impacts on our lives is it stopped us being together, didn't it? Do you remember those dark days when you couldn't even see family, couldn't meet friends? We were literally locked down in our houses. Not good for human relationships and social interaction. We did the best we could with technology, but it wasn't the same. All agree? So thank God and pray, God, that it will stay this way, you know, those things are now possible again. And then as a church, we've been able to gather in person for several months, and many of us are having an amazing time doing that. Life groups are able to meet together. And, of course, we've had a whole summer of gathering around the table. Uh, We've been doing a lot of feasting. That's why we're ready for 21 days of fasting. (laughs) How many think I could do with a bit of that for physical reasons, if nothing else? Uh, But of course, it's a spiritual reality. So we're going to look, though, at this whole theme of togetherness. You know, I'm sure you'd agree that relationships are important for all kinds of reasons. Uh, You'll be aware, of course, that there is an onslaught, there's almost another pandemic on the back of the physical pandemic, which is a mental health pandemic. And one of the reasons, one of the primary reasons, is because of the separation and the isolation and the, and the fragmentation in terms of community and relationships. So coming together again, being together, is good for our relational well-being. Do you agree with that? And that can then impact all other kind of areas of our lives. But in the context of Matthew 28, today I want to focus on, if you like, not so much our horizontal reasons for coming together, but I want to focus on how it relates to our, if you like, our vertical relationship with Jesus. And we see two things going on this passage. One is, in the context of the disciples coming together, they have a fresh revelation of Jesus. Can you say revelation? revelation? And then on the back of that, that elicits a fresh response to Jesus. Say the word response. So we've got revelation and response going on. I want to look at both of those in turn. Firstly then, there's a call at this time that's timeless But I also believe it's particularly timely, September 2021, where we are right now. It's a call to come together or to come together again to encounter Jesus. There's a call to come together to encounter Jesus. Now, some of you will know that this is deeply personal for me. Why should we come together? Well, I'll tell you one of the reasons we should come together, because there was a young guy, uh, 19 years old who didn't know God's purpose for his life, was facing a lost eternity. He went up to Oxford to study, and somebody had the kindness to invite him along to a church in the center of Oxford to an amazing church that were prayed up, worshipped up, served up, providing an amazing feast of word and worship and spirit and community And in that very first service, at the end of uh, uh, the the meeting, in worship, this person had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I will forever be grateful for that church, for that gathering, and for those people. And so when, when we came to start Kingsgate 33 years ago, it was kind of in our spiritual bloodstream. We were in faith that as people came into our midst, they would experience an encounter with Jesus. In my case, it took me several months after that to become a Christian, but, and we've experienced literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people in our different locations. Sometimes their very first encounter with Jesus has come in the atmosphere of God's people. Sometimes they even as they start driving into the car park, and some of them get saved on that first Sunday. I was checking out um, just something for preparing for this service. And I happened to go back to um, online and I saw an Alpha testimony from about a year ago. And it was of a young woman, young adult, and um, she comes on Alpha and gets saved. But do you know what her first experience of Jesus was? She said, she's very, very clear, she says, I, I have no faith background at all. I had no faith background at all didn't know Jesus, didn't know anything about the Bible. Somebody brought her to church and in the experience of being with God's people, she had an encounter with Jesus that set her on a journey. Now she's come from a lost eternity to a found eternity on a journey of transforming life. Can I say, that's why we must never give up coming together because lost people get found by Jesus. Something happens when we come together in this way. Will you agree with me that in Years and decades, and hopefully, decades when Karen and I will no longer be leading Kingsgate. We're going to see hundreds and thousands of people coming to Christ in all of our different locations, in the very, uh, under this very platform where there's a baptistry or in other baptistries in other locations. We're going to see thousands and thousands of people get baptized and come and go on a journey with Jesus. The best is yet to come. But this call to encounter Jesus is not just for um, seekers. (laughs) It's for those who are already found and those who found Jesus. It's for those who are already disciples of Jesus. I have been a disciple of Jesus for (laughs) longer than I care to remember. (laughs) It's a long time, but I want to tell you, it's been an absolute joy. And I still encounter Jesus when I come together with God's people. And this is what happened for the disciples. You see, in this passage, um, the setting is the resurrection. The 11 disciples, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. Would you agree that this is not the first time that these 11 disciples have met with Jesus? Of course, they've actually been with him in close proximity, almost in in a discipling community for three and a half years. They've had their own crisis, which was a short, three-day, disruptive crisis sparked by Jesus' trial and suffering and death on the cross. And they're feeling disorientated and bewildered. And Jesus, in his love, calls them to come together again to meet with him. Very simple point here. Before he gives them the Great Commission, And tells them to go, as it were, out. He calls them to come together to meet with him on the mountain. And can I say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Before he gives us, as it were, a fresh purpose on what we're to do. He wants to reveal himself to us again, freshly in a new way about who he is. Because when we get a fresh revelation of him, everything everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. And of course you can meet with Jesus on your own. I've had an amazing summer. I've taken some extra time out to meet with the Lord um, on, you know, Norfolk beaches. Meeting, it's been amazing. But there's something, I believe, that just like it happened then and has happened all through church history, Jesus wants to reveal himself in the context of his people together. And so we see here, they they obey Jesus, and I love it. It says, when they saw him, I don't know if you picked that up in the reading. It says, When they saw him, they worshipped. Something happened to them. What's what's changed? Well, what's changed is they'd known Jesus, as it were. They had a revelation of Jesus as the teacher and odd little glimpses of him as the Messiah. But now here he is, the one who they'd seen physically crucified. They, They knew he'd been buried in the tomb. Here's the same Jesus now raised from the dead. And it causes them to worship. Fresh revelation of Jesus changes their lives. And then um, not only do they see him physically, but as they're worshipping, Jesus confirms the wonder of this new uh, day. He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Can I say the number one thing you and I need in this new season, as we go into these next 21 days, is a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ. When you get your vision on, your gaze on him, when you turn your eyes on Jesus, everything else changes. Amen. Are we expectant for that? Yeah. The Lord is going to reveal himself. But if we, if we look at the passage, it's, it's, it's easy to miss the fact, the obvious fact, that Jesus is revealing himself to the disciples as a group. Now, if you look at the other Gospels, Jesus reveals himself on a number of occasions during these 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. And he does deal with individuals. How many you know he deals with a guy called Thomas. He ministers to Peter, but on both occasions, he ministers to the individuals in the context of meeting with a group. Fast forward, here the disciples are, Jesus ascended, they're praying for 10 days. Well, we're going for 21 days. <laughs> they're praying for 10 days. And and it says, When the day of Pentecost came, Acts chapter 2, they were what? All together. In one place, and in that context, the fresh wind came. I'm believing that as we're coming together again in this season, we are going to experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that isn't separate from what he wants to do in your own home or your own room or whatever. But I believe there's something about the coming together. The Spirit wants to come upon us as the people of God. Amen? And then... If you look into the New Testament letters, it's all with the assumption. You see, we in our Western individualism think me, but the Bible thinks about we and us. There's something about community that's built into the fabric of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And yet a few decades later, if if you've ever read it, the book of Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews, has to kind of address this issue of coming together. In their context, their pressure point was not having to deal with a pandemic, their pressure point was actually persecution. And so listen to what the writer of the Hebrews says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. This is the Bible. This is the word of God. This is the scriptures. Let it do what what it needs to do. Let it kind of correct our vision. As some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Notice there, if you like, the tougher the context, the more urgent we have to stand against and actually say, I'm going to commit to something because there's an urgency. And can I say, if the day, and this is the day of the Lord was approaching 2,000 years ago, how many know it's a lot nearer than it is right now? So how does this then apply for us today? Well, first, let me just celebrate any of you who are watching online and you are still checking out Jesus and checking out church and the ease of just kind of joining with us today has been so accessible for you. We want to celebrate you and we want to just pray and trust that this service. And as you keep staying with us online, this will help you in your journey of faith. We know just, isn't that amazing? Well, you know, through all the awful things that happen, thank God that the digital revolution and online church has meant we'd be able to reach people right across the nation and the nations, including people who may never have joined before. And we celebrate that. And we're committed to that on an ongoing basis. And also, we just want to Say for those of you, and we know that more and more of you are coming on board and are letting yourself uh, be known to us who are actually away from any of our physical Kingsgate locations. You know, I I know that we've been meeting with people from Scotland and France and beginning to build community. And we want to say, we want to cheer you on. And we want to say, you know, if if you haven't got a life-giving local church near you and this is a life source to you and it means that you can start building community and doing mission where you are, we want to cheer you on, we want to help you, we want to strengthen you and we want to help disciple you and see your life transformed into all that Jesus Christ has for you amen and if you are then you can gather friends and watch this together all the better you can experience something of the together but can I just make the simple point for the thousands of us who are part of Kingsgate who are near within traveling distance of one of our physical uh, locations it's time to come back (laughs) this is a time to come home and you see, I know, we all know, don't we, why we had to stop gathering. We were, we were trying to do all we can to be, you know, it's not just honoring the government. We were in the midst of a pandemic. There was no vaccine. We want to be wise. We want to keep one another safe. All of that, we get that. But my concern is where maybe, and in some cases, not all cases, genuine health reasons have just become habits. And I want to call us back to a biblical vision of regathering. As soon as we possibly feel is right for us to do. Um, a team member, one of our, on our team, was meeting with a friend who hadn't been back to church since lockdown. So she asked if there's any particular reason, and there wasn't. She just said it was out of habit. So they arranged to meet at the Sunday service, sit together, and this was the text that the team member received on the Sunday afternoon. Thank you for meeting up with me, It was so good and powerful to be back. I am so recharged by God's presence. It's unbelievable. I am so joyful. She later said that her COVID experience and coping with other people's struggles had robbed her of her joy and that coming back to her church was like coming home. That's what we're gonna see more and more. It's a time to come home. And September, as we launch out into a new season, 21 days together, it's a great time to do so. And every time we come together, and you know, some Sundays you can have more of an obvious sense of encounter, we know that. But I want to tell you, as we week by week, uh, life group by life group, prayer meeting by prayer meeting, we show up, guess what? We have Jesus' promise where two or three come together in my name, I am there with him. Whether we feel it or not, Jesus in the midst of his people. And everybody said, amen. And now for message number two. (laughs) Just joking. A shorter part two. So we call to come together... To encounter Jesus, that's revelation. But every time we encounter Jesus, it calls for response. And so secondly, we're called to come together to worship Jesus. I love that. This is what the disciples did on the mountain. It says, when they saw him, they worshipped him. Notice when you genuinely get a fresh revelation of Jesus, something um, will, as it were, change on the inside of us. That word worship literally means to bow down and fall prostrate in an attitude of humility before a greater person. There's something about knowing who Jesus is. Do you know, he's not just a sort of a genie to help us with life's problems. He's the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. He is supreme. He is sovereign. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we come to know him, he will help us with life problems. But he is in charge. He is Lord. He is God. He is in first place over the universe, and needs to be in first place in our lives. You can, you can put your hands together that because it's absolutely true. But notice here, and, and, and you, you may, some of you may be really encouraged by this. It says, and these, bear in mind, these are the disciples. Commentators don't know whether there were other disciples, so this next phrase didn't apply to the 11. We don't know. But it says, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Aren't you glad the Bible's honest here? Here they are, they're facing the resurrected Jesus and some of them are like, hmm, not so sure. Actually, the word there is not they were, they were in unbelief, it, it's, the, it's the word hesitancy, they were hesitant. And let's be honest that there are times in our lives where maybe um, we're not in fully surrendered worship maybe we're feeling a little bit hesitant. And so as, as I kind of begin to bring some of this together, I want to just ask you a question. If, if we had a spectrum of hesitancy, ex, extreme hesitancy on one hand, you're just not really not sure, maybe just the last 18 months. I spoke to somebody yesterday who just that had a torrid time of the last 18 months, and they just, they thought God wasn't with them, and they just realized that he had been all along, even through the tough times. And so, so maybe the stuff that, maybe you're on this end of the spectrum, you feel it hesitant. Or maybe you're right over on the other side, and you're, you're a fully surrendered worshiper. You're ready for everything. I want to tell you, Jesus wants to reveal himself to all of us, wherever we're at, and he wants to help us move from one side to the next. Amen. He wants us to take next steps. If you're really struggling, you're really feeling hesitant, you've come to the right place. Jesus loves you. He's for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's not going to exclude you. He wants to draw you closer to himself and do a glorious new work of transformation in your life. Isn't he good? Isn't he merciful? Isn't he wonderful? And what I want to do is to almost set us up for this new season. Just quickly, four key spiritual practices that will help you move from, if you like, a one out of ten, extremely hesitant, towards fully surrendered worship. In other words, you don't just have to wait for a thunderbolt to hit you. You can actually do something that will help you move forward. Four things. uh, A call to pray, a call to serve, a call to give, and a call to sing. First one, a call to pray. How many know that prayer changes things? And prayer changes us too. Now, I love praying. It's been one of the calls on my life. I love praying on my own. But there's something about coming together with God's people, knowing that for 21 days, we're all praying for the same thing. Often we're coming together together. Praying in actual, you know, whether it's on Zoom or in physical locations, there's something powerful when two agree... Touching anything, it shall be done for them church let 's rise up and pray during this season let 's fill those 24/ seven prayer slots let 's jump on the zoom prayer meetings. If you can get to touching heaven let's do so. And as we fast with that extra of as it were spiritual hunger let 's believe that we're going to experience breakthrough, stuff that may have come on us over the pandemic we 're going to see it broken off us in Jesus name. Amen, deception and confusion and fear. And depression is going to be lifted off. So, let, well, in, in fact, why no, don't we right now, where, wherever we're gathered, whether you're in your home or let's just lift up our hands right now. And Father, we want to say, Lord, with our hands lifted up, we're asking you for a fresh spiritual breakthrough in our lives. Father, we pray for those who are particularly struggling, whether they're here, whether they're in Cambridge, whether they're online, whether they're in the UK, whether they're beyond. We pray, Lord, that every single person right now in this moment who's feeling distant from you, who's feeling battered and bruised by this season. We pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you'll, 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 you'll cause them even now to experience a lifting off and a liberty and a freedom in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the glorious exchange in place of mourning, in the place of grieving. Lord, I thank you that you, you clothe those who are mourning with the oil of gladness. You crown them with a, with a headdress of beauty, And I pray, Lord, that for every single one of us, no matter how tough life might have been or life is, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll be our glory and you'll be the lifter of our heads. At the start of this 21 days, we want to declare that in Jesus' name. If you believe for that, why don't we just give praise to God on behalf of what he's doing in us and every single person who's in any way part of Kingsgate. So that's the first thing, and that's the main thing, call to pray. But secondly, can I just say another thing you can do to help you move if from any sense of hesitancy to worship is you can serve one of the I think the worst impacts of the pandemic is m- many of god 's people, including those who are really kind of um, engaging, serving regularly, of course you know we 've not been able to gather in the same way we 've not been able to serve in the same way, and it 's almost like something can die and wither because we were we weren't just born to consume, we were born to contribute we weren 't just called to make up the numbers, we were called to make a difference. And, and we find, and even as in the last few months, people who've come back and they've started serving, uh, we've heard time and again, people say, something's come alive again. So I want to just encourage you in this season, if you've never started serving or, um, you, you know, for whatever reason you've not been able to, let, let, let's, let's engage again, let's serve. So let's pray, let's serve. Thirdly, let's give. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so as we seek God uh, towards this offering, good time just to recheck our regular giving, our regular tithes and offerings. And then as we obey God and give what he wants us to, to do above and beyond it, something happens, not just in how we can transform more people's lives, but something happens in us. There's a change. There's an exchange as we give. And then finally, I believe this is a call in this season to sing again. Aren't you glad that we can sing again? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Christianity is a singing religion. You know, we, we were never, never stop from singing on our own, but thank God, not only can we keep singing on our own, I love singing on my own, particularly love it in my car. Nobody can hear me, it's amazing. But there's something, isn't there, about singing together the praises of God with his people. Four spiritual practices. Can we say these together? Pray, serve, give, And sing but the first thing we need is a fresh revelation of Jesus let's come right now wherever we're watching wherever we gathered let's come to the great spiritual optometrist and let's get ready to respond to Jesus I'd like to invite you now to do something practically talked a lot about vision and sight. I'd like to invite you just to put your hands on your physical eyes in a way that's just comfortable, (laughs) because this may take more than a few seconds. You know where you're at with the Lord, and even more wonderfully, He knows exactly where you're at. Maybe you say, yeah, I'm on the battered end, I'm on the hesitant end. I'm on the struggling end. And either because I've never seen you, Lord, I've never had a vision for your life, or I've just lost something. Maybe like me with my glasses. You've not really almost been aware of what's been happening. There's been a drift. There's been a blurring. And even maybe just today, you're like, yeah, I realize that. Well, praise God. Jesus is merciful. The Holy Spirit is here. He is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Invite him to correct your spiritual vision again. As we set out on these 21 days, say, Lord, at the start of it, will you do a new work in me? I pray, Father, literally right now for spiritual laser surgery over every single one of us individually and collectively as a church. You'll re-correct our vision that we might see you again and see your purpose for our lives. I pray, Lord, for any either watching online or here today in the room. I pray, Lord, that anybody who doesn't yet know Jesus, if you don't yet know Jesus, you've never seen him, as it were. We don't see him physically. We see him by the Spirit through his word. If you've never encountered Jesus, why not just say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to get to know you. I'm not clear on my life purpose. Will you help me find it? Holy Spirit, come, forgive me, change me. Invite Jesus into your life. If you've been away from him, invite him to come back and do a new thing. And then even if we've been on the journey for decades and even if we think we're doing okay, why not just ask the Lord to to do a deeper work? Lord, sharper vision, clearer vision. Beautiful sense of the presence of God here. I believe he's meeting many of you. Meeting you in your homes. He's meeting you right now. Just take time to linger. Think about how you can respond. And now we're going to respond in worship to the Lord. If you want to stay seated, that's absolutely fine. If you're doing business. But I'd like us just to sing a beautiful kind of consecration song. It's called Holy Ground. So why don't you stand if you're able, if you've done business with the Lord. Let's just lift our hands, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We ask for your holy presence. That's already here. You're fulfilling your promise, Lord, to be with us. Come, we pray in Jesus' name.